The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Game On! Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. This is D. Anthony Miles, and uh, we're in our first show. This is uh, Game on Business Talk, and uh, glad that you're tuning in the show. We got a great topic today. You're going to need a Bible and a seatbelt. Our topic today is concerning uh, is a college degree is it worth it today? The topic of the show is the college degree lie. Does a college degree still matter in a digital age? And uh, what drove me to uh, prepare this topic for the first show was that uh, some of the things that I've been seeing on the news, uh, I've been seeing it on Yahoo and AP Wire about what majors are more prosperous upon graduation and what students are more likely to get a job and what students are, or what particular majors are more not likely to get a job. And uh, that caused some concern for me, and I, I brought in two or three experts today to talk about that. And one of the things that uh, drove me to uh, do this topic for the show today was some of the things I've been reading on the news and the blogs. For instance, the higher education sector is becoming uh, radically different than over the last few years, especially with online learning and online education. And the education sector is going through a paradigm shift. And one of the paradigm shifts is the ability to uh, attend school over the Internet and at home and not attend the classrooms. So how does that radically change the uh, education sector? Well, the sector is changing because more people have access to the education field. More people have access to the Internet. And so because of that, the college degree has lost some of its value because most some of the people that have been successful, and I don't want to make a vast sweeping generalization, but is a college degree still worth it? Is a return on investment still worth it? So these are some of the things we're going to talk about today. So what we're going to go over is, is a college degree still a passport to success and job security? Now, uh, if the college degree is becoming a commodity and everybody has access to attaining a college degree or attaining a higher education, well, if it's, if it's easily attainable or if there's less barriers to entry or more barriers to entry, if everyone has a college degree, does it make it more of a uh, commodity? Does it make it more easily attainable? And if so, when people go apply for a job, they're competing with a vast amount of universities that are putting our graduates in the marketplace in the job market. One of the things that I did notice is the uh, growth of online universities since the uh, partly since the 1970s all the way to now with correspondence courses. And one of the things that we're dealing with is, well, if everyone has a degree, 
and everyone is educated and everyone applies for a job, there's only going to be so many people that are going to get hired. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today with some of the experts in this area. And what also another motivating factor that I'll, to make to get my point across as far as the uh, college education sector is we really don't see statistics on the job, the, uh, ap the graduates, the jobs that they get post-graduation. Some of the, there are some statistics on it, they're not a lot. And one of the things that I've noticed is the universities that are selling you degree or offer you the degree as you attend college, they never offer you any statistics on, okay, this particular major is most likely to get a job and the statistics are high for this particular major as opposed to this major. Normally when you see the, uh, articles and blogs on Yahoo, they talk about three things. They talk about one of the majors that's most likely to get jobs is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's business, engineering, and uh, it used to be information systems, and that's going through a paradigm shift right now. Information systems was a hot field of study about 10, 15 years ago, and it's not hot anymore, which I found very interesting. So one of the things that we'll talk about today is uh, why is the college degree still valuable? Does it still, do you still reap the, the return on investment? Also, considering a lot of things in the news about the uh, education bubble and students getting in debt with student loans makes this uh, topic even more uh, critical because we're graduating students that do not have a job waiting for them when they get out of school. Or if a job was ever there for them, with, is that the responsibilities of the universities to uh, indicate that to them or tell them that or notify them of that? So we have a lot of graduates that are in debt that do not have a job and are, are taking jobs that are, I would say, beneath their skill level. And it's practically making a workforce, un I guess, underemployed, taking a job that's beneath what your uh, college uh, specifications or your college credentials are. For instance, uh, I know you've been seeing on the news about the lady that uh, didn't get tenure, and she uh, she had a she I don't know if it was a nervous breakdown or she just had a spell with um, a temporary insanity, and she killed some of the faculty members at her university. I forget the name of the young the professor, and uh, it was an interesting backstory behind that. It was another professor at another university that was in a similar situation, and he did not get tenure, and he had to go drive cabs to make uh, ends meet. So we had a guy with a Ph.D., I forget what field of study he was in, and he had to go drive cabs to maintain uh, some type of income because he didn't get tenure. And what I think what's happening in America is we're having an oversupply over of overeducated people. So does an MBA, master's degree, does a PhD, a doctorate, is it still valuable now? Do you need anything beyond a bachelor's degree? Do you need anything beyond a high school diploma? So those are some of the things that uh, we have to take a look at. Also, considering that as we pump out every spring in some universities, every fall, every year or every semester, we're pumping out so many graduates to the marketplace. The, uni the one of the local universities here in my town just uh, posted they uh, graduated 4,000 students 
And that's 4,000 more students at one university that's going to the marketplace. And we have uh, the competing universities in the area that are graduating lesser numbers, but some may graduate 2,000, some may graduate 1,000. So those 4,000 people will be competing for jobs this, uh, this spring going into this summer. They'll be competing with people that they're going to school here with locally. They'll be competing with people that are going to school and ready to relocate. So all of those people are competing for jobs. So what separates each of them from getting a job? Is it the uh, their credentials? Is it the courses that they took? Is it the de- degree they have? And then you have people with uh, MBAs that are graduating competing for the same jobs for people that are getting that have graduated with a BA. So we have some different scenarios here and America is having a problem. The college degree is becoming a commodity. Some of the things that I've read is one of the biggest problems that we have with higher education is not institutional. It's more economic. You don't have to be economists to see that the rapid rise of the commoditization of higher education over the last two decades has probably been had adverse effect on the uh, education sector. Can we exactly promise someone when they go to school or they go to inner college that they'll have a job waiting for them when they graduate? So those things are something that we need to take a look at. Now, considering that uh, if the college degree is a commodity, should we be telling students to go get a college degree? Should we tell students to go to college? And is not going to college a more viable alternative as opposed to going to college. So one of the things that we have noticed is the college degree in some sectors is necessary and other sectors is not necessary. Do you need to have a college degree to uh, start your own business? Or do you need a college degree to uh, be certified to be in certain industries like the uh, cyber crimes or uh, engineering? which require different skills and different sets of rudiments that you need to have to uh, do that particular job and get into that particular field. So what, one of the things that we do notice is that one of, the, one of the critical aspects of the college degree is, is it necessary in a digital age? Is it necessary? Some, some educators will say, yes, it's very necessary. Some educators will say, it depends. Then you got people in the business field that say, uh, well, uh, I don't need this person because I can hire this many people that have the same background. So what you have is a necessarily a uh, defining moment in getting hired. Do you have differentiation? Is that necessary? So the college degree is uh, we have a paradox here. Is it necessary or is it not necessary? And one of the other critical aspects of it is, according to some of the things that I've read on the, online and blogs, one particular article that got my attention was by Greg Ipe, uh, and he has a blog called Careers. And one of the, the topic of his article is the declining value of your college degree. And he has some interesting things that he's written in here. One of the things that he says is, for generations, the college degree was used to build your platform to success. And is that paradigm still necessary today? Now, prior to this particular article, I remember it was an article in Forbes of Fortune that talked about uh, one of the articles was the MBA glut. There's a saturation of people that have MBAs, and they were saying in the article that the MBA 
is experiencing the same thing that the law degree had, the JD degree, that you have a oversupply of people with law degrees, and the law degree didn't really guarantee that you be successful or guarantee that you would get hired by a law firm or that you'd be able to make yourself uh, prosperous in a marketplace. So the comparisons between the MBA and the uh, JD degree or the law degree is very similar. The similar patterns. Are there MBA programs popping up around the country? Some are online, some are traditional universities, and some are very, very obscure universities that you haven't heard of. And I remember re- reading somewhere that they're discussing having a certification for MBA programs similar to accounting where you have, once you graduate with the accounting degree, that you have to go for a CPA license. That's because there's an oversaturation of people with MBAs. Most most other majors, uh, most people have majors in uh, other fields of study, uh, maybe art, maybe uh, criminal science, all those uh, those particular fields of study. However, having an MBA is not the competitive advantage that it was before. However, it's probably still better to have it as opposed to not having it. And then you have offshoots of the MBA. You have MAs uh, in uh, human resources. You have MSs, which uh, still have the same uh, value but may not have the designation as of, as the MBA will. However, uh, an MBA, just having it may be better than not having it, according to some educators, according to some people that are working in the industry. So the article goes on to say that a degree is not a guarantee of employment. It's a basic requirement. Interesting. So if it's a basic requirement, and I was saying, I was telling one of my colleagues this the other day, if everybody's following the same playbook, then it's, that's, that's could be a problem because no one is standing out. If we're all following the same playbook, go to school, get a degree, go find a job. Those things may not work anymore in the digital age. If people can attain college education over the Internet and go to school and get a degree without setting foot in the classroom, and we have a, a oversupply of people doing that, so it's basically economics, it's uh, supply and demand. Does the uh, supply outweigh the demand? And that shifts every era, every year. There's a, there's a new degree programs popping up. I believe I saw a degree program in uh, marketing analytics. I saw another one in uh, forensics or forensic science. And some of the schools and universities are catering to the market needs as opposed to keeping what they have and just uh, offering students a degree that they have, even though it doesn't have any marketability in terms of the job market. So considering that, for decades uh, and years, people thought if you graduate from school, you go to college, you follow, the, you work the plan, get, get a job, retire at the job after you've been there for so many years. However, that's a paradigm shift that has changed in the digital age. Considering that people do not stay at their jobs as long as they used to, uh, the average uh, employee may stay at a job for three to five years and then shift. And may go to another employer and do the same thing and shift. Uh, based on the industrial age that we're coming out of, or coming out of, and we're in the in, the information age, job security is also affected. 
So if the job security at a job with people being laid off and people being downsized, we don't have a guarantee of uh, job security anymore. We don't have a guarantee of people getting a job out of school. So it's a very merciless place. Employers can and always will have their pick of people who to hire. So these new graduates that are coming out this year, they're competing against people that have experience. They're competing against people that have higher education degrees or more advanced degrees. They're competing with people that have doctorates. So when they're applying for jobs, what do they bring to the table? Is the college degree still worth it? Uh, is the return on investment still worth it? I remember I heard another talk show host say this. If you graduate from college and you spend all of this money and you get in debt with student loans and you don't go get a, you don't, but you're not prosperous in uh, attaining employment, the return on investment in terms of your education is negative because you didn't get your investment back or your return because you couldn't find a job and you couldn't get employed. Then you have the other issue. If you do get a job, normally, and that's happened to me in my career, you normally don't get a job in the uh, field of study that you studied with. If I studied marketing in school and I ended up getting a job in finance, that's a pretty interesting dynamic. And most students are having to face that now. Can you shift to another field of study and learn it even though it's not in your degree field? So going further, one of the other issues is the college-educated worker is more plentiful. The college-educated worker is more commoditized, meaning that as we have more people that are more college-educated and we have a particular major that's more apparent in the workplace or the marketplace, that means that uh, employers have a pick of uh, who's going to get hired, and they also have what they consider an ample supply of uh, candidates to hire for jobs. And then this is where it gets tricky in terms of uh, age discrimination, in terms of uh, if I don't want to pay someone a particular salary because they have a certain amount of experience, I can hire somebody that has less education and I can hire two of them instead of one. Now, considering that the higher, the higher education sector has had to have seen this over the years, and uh, Normally, the higher education sector is an interesting uh, sector. When the economy's bad, college enrollment increases. When the economy's good, college enrollment's main steady. So as we have people that are coming to the marketplace and trying to attain the degrees, and you got all the employees that are going back trying to upgrade their skills and uh, attain a degree, the market is oversaturated. The market is saturated with educated people. And as educated people enter the workplace and as some retire and as, and some have entered the market again, one of the things that we notice is the higher education sector remains steady. What drives the uh, enrollment? What drives the increases in enrollment? What drives people to co go to a particular school as opposed to another school? And you also have the other issue of the brand of the university in which you graduated from. A guy competing against a uh, top-tier school with a guy competing with a small university that no one has ever heard of can be a problem in terms of uh, getting a job because the brand of the university speaks volumes about you and about the type of uh, program that you're under. So if the university decides 
to increase their brand in a marketplace based on who gets the research dollars, based on who gets the uh, renowned researchers in their universities. That speaks a lot about your university and the brand of your degree from the school that you graduated from. So also to be sure, the average American with a college diploma still earns about 75% more than a worker with a high school diploma and is less likely to be employed. Yet, while the so-called college premium is up from 40% in 1979, it, is, it has changed little from uh, 2001. Now, considering that uh, this topic today is going to be very critical, I brought in two, I'm sorry, I brought in three experts to talk about this, and we'll have an interesting conversation. They'll bring something to the table in terms of how we can look at is this a commodity to have a college diploma or college degree, or is it not a commodity? So we're looking at that, and uh, definitely, definitely we'll come back, and uh, I'll uh, introduce the experts, and uh, definitely look forward to having you listen to our show today, and i bless that you're here today with us. So this is Business Talk Game On with D. Anthony Miles. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network what are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years why do 70 percent of u.s women-owned businesses make less than fifty thousand dollars a year what causes mid-sized companies to stagnate Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. All right, here we are back onto a Game On Business Talk, and I'm going to uh, introduce three of my guests, and we're still waiting on the third one to come in. The first guest expert is Dr. Sharon Chadwell, Dr. Sharon Michael Chadwell. Dr. Chadwell is a higher education professional, researcher, and expert. She has about 20 years' experience in both K-12 and higher education, 
and she was also a former principal and a teacher with 20 years experience. Uh, Dr. Chadwell has published her research with the Journal of Education of the Gifted, the National Journal of Urban Education and Practice, and some other notable academic journals. She has also presented at conferences around the country, such as Atlanta, Georgia, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, California. One of her areas of uh, research is in African-American high school males and academically rigorous programs. Second, I have uh, my next expert and one of my colleagues is Dr. Martin Diop. Dr. Diop is an educator, author, magazine publisher, and is currently a uh, professor of education at the University of Incarnate Word and director of instructional technology at the San Antonio Independent School District. Is that correct? That's correct, sir. Okay. He's also a former principal, so I'm just blessed to have an A-team here. He's also founder and publisher of All Things Educational Magazine, he has served in the U.S. Air Force for six years and traveled around the country, and particularly Europe, and has several medals of honor and is a member of the U.S. Armed Forces. Uh, he has over 20 years' experience as well in the education sector, and Dr. Dip has written two books, and he's also he's a graduate of Texas A&M. I'm sorry, Texas A&M University in Kingsville. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And Dr. Chadwell... Could you please uh, tell me where you graduated from again? Uh, I've got my doctorate from the University of Phoenix. Gotcha. Uh, my, is that what you want, just a doctorate yes. or everything else? <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot to put uh, everybody's education credentials on the uh, bios here. My bad. Okay. That's okay. All right, we got uh, Dr. Ch- uh, Charles Moses. He's from uh, Clark Atlanta University. Dr. Moses is interim dean of Clark Atlanta University School of Business Administration. He's also chief academic officer for the school and the oldest continuous accredited historically black college and university business school in the United States. He's a specialist in strategy and entrepreneurship, and he also consults on public and private sectors, also on the local, state, and international level. Dr. Uh, Moses also is a visiting lecturer at Mona School of uh, Business University of the West Indies in uh, Kingsville, Jamaica. He also teaches MBA courses in strategy and doctoral-level seminars over there, and one of his seminars is the internationalization of SMEs. As an adjunct for some of the courses, he taught at Bentley University in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts, where he teaches uh, international new ventures. And he had he uh, a class he designed in 2010 and 2011 where he was a Fulbright Fellow at the University of West Indies, where he researched emerging markets and entrepreneurship, and he taught classes in international entrepreneurship. So if you can welcome my guest today, and uh, I want to uh, just run some questions by you guys and let both, you know, each of you respond. So let me, uh, let me ask you, the first question is, uh, do you think that the uh, college degree has become a commodity? Anybody? Oh, I tell you, why don't Miss Dr. Chatwell go first, and then you go after Dr. Chatwell. Yes, sir. I I still have a lot of faith in the college degree, but I think the reality is is that it's it's a piece of paper, and you were very clear when you were saying that it's no longer a a guarantee that you're going to get a job. I read somewhere that the college degree is a starting line, but we have to understand that it's not the finishing line. So uh, I, when we are starting to counsel, educate, 
people who want to go into college or while they're still in college, I think the reality is that they're going to have to do some investigation as to what the career field requires and what it's going to take to become successful in that career. I'm thinking about my son. He uh, got his degree in computer science. Uh, he did not have the background. In fact, he was like many college students. They went to high school. They work at McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, whatever. But they didn't focus on what the end game was, the end goal was. So when he came out of college, he had difficulty getting a job with just a degree in computer science. So he oh had to go back and get certifications, and that's when things started happening for him. So the reality is, is that the, 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 the paper is great, but it has to have some more substance added to it. And that's an understanding, and it's understanding is what does it take to get into that career field? Is it, is it just a degree, or will it be more? Interesting. Dr. Deeb, what do you have? Uh, and I, uh, I, I agree. It's, it's a piece of paper, but, you know, I was watching uh, some reruns of Good Times. I don't know if y'all, y'all remember Good Times. I'm going to give up my <laughs> oh, age. I used to watch Good Times all the time. And, you know, just listening, listening to the dialogue between James and Florida on Good Times, and James in particular, who would always say, baby, it's tough out here. It's tough out here, the, the economy and this and that. They say some of the same exact things. We say today in 2013, the economy is tough and all that. So that tells me that what we're going through today is nothing new. So when someone says they're going to go and get a, a college degree, I'm, you know, a college degree to me is, is, is the bare minimum. Like Dr. Chadwell said, it's the starting line. But to say to, to say that to get one is a waste of your time, I think is a bit of a stretch. But to get a college degree is, is, just, is a starting point. But I think when, when students go into school now, they should be more broad in their thinking and think, opening their own business, starting their own business. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Dr. Miles, about uh, the graduation here locally. When 4,000 uh, students graduated, now they're going to hit the job market. And I would, I would venture to ask those 4,000 students, how many of you plan to open your own business? How many of you plan to go abroad and start businesses over there? there I mean, there are so many opportunities today that, you know, just to say I'm going to get a college degree and go get a job, and you mentioned it, Dr. Miles, that paradigm is totally different now. You don't have to go out and ask somebody for a job. You can create your own job, create your own wealth. Russell Simmons did that. Uh, Bill Gates and numbers. Uh, there, there are Jay-Z. There are so many of them who are doing that with, without a college degree. But to say to uh, lessen and say, I don't need a college degree at all, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, definitely. So uh, I want to ask uh, the experts, uh, do you think the universities have a, a responsibility to talk to students about the possible, what Dr. Diop had mentioned, the possible alternative of starting your own business? And I know that's probably not what a kid wants to hear that, you know, that's gotten student loan debt. I mean, what, well, what do you think about that? Dr. Chadwell. I believe that universities, well, first of all, a lot of universities have gotten uh, into a, a bit of a situation regarding uh, the need to overhaul uh, tuition uh, advice, uh, the entire tuition program. And uh, we already know this. And what a lot of the universities are doing is that now they're coming back and saying, with this degree, this is what you can do. And then they're finding alternative means. Instead of students depending on financial aid to go to school, they're starting to ask students, are there other ways for you to finance your, your, your goal other than fully depending on student aid? I remember going to school, going my student aid, and you, you, you got that extra money to take care of 
living expenses, partying expenses, if I can say. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, they don't do that. They don't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole idea was they got overloaded on financial aid, and this is what's causing the debt. So many of the universities, public, public, private, online, whatever, they had to overhaul and become more responsible in educating students. Can you get loans from your family members? What about uh, grants? What about this? What about that? So there is some responsibility on these institutions into making sure that students are becoming completely indebted to where they, they're, they're, they're bankrupt before graduating. Oh. And I, I have to agree because, uh, and I think many universities have begun to change that that way of thinking when it comes to dealing with their students. They have the concept now called MOOC, uh, M-O-O-C, Massive Open Online Courses, where uh, universities such as Harvard and your Tier 1 universities, they're offering courses not for credit, but courses for uh, certification, courses just for personal mm-hmm. development. So you can you can sign up and you can live in Australia, but you want to take a course called a MOOC at, let's say, Harvard. And you can take that course online through Harvard University, get whatever certification they offer. It's not for credit, um, but you still get the... Um, I guess the privilege, you, uh, privilege, if you would, of saying you attended Harvard, you got the certification from Harvard or Stanford or Yale or whatever the case may be. So that's their their, their answer to this whole question of uh, should I go sit in a traditional college in a brick and mortar uh, building and just sit there and get this instruction from my uh, my instructor? And that has changed. But you know, to, you still need to me, you still need that that rigor, if you would, of a college experience. And it's more than just going to school and sitting there learning. You're building Absolutely. a network of friends. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was totally agreeing with you. Absolutely. Building your network of friends. And go ahead. Very, very good comments. Yeah, and you build your network of friends. You build your emotional support. I mean, you, you, you may even meet your wife and your husband. I mean, there are so many so <laughs> many positives to going to college. I, like I tell students all the time, I say, man, look, college is fun. I, it was so fun. I spent 10 years as an undergrad. I mean, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, oh, you took your business out there, huh? <laughs> I did. I, I did. But it was fun, though. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're learning who you are. You're growing up as a person. You're getting out of the home for the uh, house for the first time. There's a, there, you got to have the rest of your life to live your life and figure out what you want to do. But, but definitely do your research and find out if you want to be in, go into computer science. I would tell Dr. Uh, Dr. Chadwell's son, like, I mean, you know, we, we really need teachers today, especially black males. We need them to teach. And you know, with a computer science degree, I mean, with that math and science background that he has, he'd be a perfect candidate to be a teacher while he's trying to figure out what he's trying to do. Perfect. And our kids need him. Our students need to see him. So I'm just throwing that out there for you, Dr. Chadwell. I'll send him over to you. <laughs> Well, let me ask you, uh, both of you, and, and uh, you know, answer this for me. What made you go to college? Did was it was it your parents? Because I know you, my team. You went. We went to school together, junior high school, and I know my dad the way he was. My dad was an educator, and he his attitude was go to college, you can do anything you want. And right. I think my teen had a similar background. Was that the same for you, Dr. Chadwell? That we know we all grew up in that paradigm in the seventies where you go to college, then you go do what you want to do. Well it was non negotiable. Interesting. Uh I when as my mother told me when I was in the womb, she was telling me to go to school. So I I witnessed it coming out. I was, you know, she was a teacher I helped her through Head Start. I was always in the classroom. It was, it wasn't even a discussion for argument. It was, uh, it was not a matter of when. It was a matter of where I was going to school. 
Interesting. It's totally different for me, Dr. Miles. I mean, I'm a shameless plug here in, in my book, Inner City Public Schools Still Work, How One Principal's Life is Living Proof. I mean, my, Oh, definitely. Plug your book. I'm going to throw it out gonna, there. You're going to do a <laughs> but, show about you and your book. We may make uh, Dr. Chadwell back so she can criticize it. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I went to college is because that's how I could play basketball. I was an athlete in high school, and I know really? your pops well. So, I mean, he he was one of my coaches growing up. So, and, and coaches like your pops and other coaches that we had growing up, their message to us was go to school, go to school, go to school, go to college and all that. But my message at home was totally opposite. I went to school because I could play ball, and that's where I got. That's how I got scholarships and all that. And while I was in school, the the light came on. For, actually, I was in the military when the light in my head turned on and said, you know what, I can do this school thing because I was in college, but I wasn't a very good student. And that's why it took me 10 years to get out of there. But once I realized that I can do this, I think it took a year for me to get my my head straight and then uh finally graduate but uh no that's that was that was it for me it just i, I played ball and they used me for my skills and i used them for whatever <laughs> i could use them for and, and that was it that's why i went to school <laughs> well i'm so blessed that uh i have both of you here on the show because y'all are telling me things that i i didn't know about you this is very interesting uh, i want to ask both of you and uh you know Please, please uh, do our audience a service by answering this. Do you think that uh, with your education credentials that you've attained, you've gotten your return on investment? Would you say that? Dr. Mm -hmm. Chadwell. Uh, I'm still working on it. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. It's going to exactly. be a while. I agree. I've got a bill. I'm, I'm going to send you a copy of my bill so maybe you can help me pay it down. But I think. Oh, uh, that's another show. Uh, <laughs> just uh, but I think that overall, that at this stage of my life, that my education has paid off from a more of an intrinsic sense and in that more doors have opened up for me. Right. You know, right. I've been able to meet a whole different slew of people. So uh, if we take the monetary value out of it, the intrinsic value is truly there to where it has more than paid off. Now, uh, in terms of financially, I still have a student loan and will probably die <laughs> with a student loan. But nonetheless, I think that you need to look at what is the value of, a, of an education from the, you know, not so much from a financial piece, but also from an intrinsic piece. Absolutely. I mean, to put, if you try to monetize it, yeah, oh, may, maybe not because we still owe student loans and student debt, but the, the relationships that I've been able to uh, garner over the years, the, the doors that have been opened, I mean, absolutely, without a doubt, it's, it's because of the education uh, that I currently hold and, and I'm still pursuing. But as far as the complete return on investment, that's going to always be a work in progress, progress for me. I mean, until the day they put me under the ground, I'm still going to be trying to achieve and, and do, uh, do things in my community and education field. So, but definitely, if it were not for those um, steps that we we took to get our bachelor's and master's and all of those degrees, I wouldn't be talking to Dr. Miles today. So, yeah, definitely, man, what I've done today with my degree, I think it's it's paid off tremendously. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to go on to our next segment, and I'll bring you guys back, and I'll have some other questions for you. A definitely, definitely interesting conversation. <laughs> it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great topic we have today. I want to uh, ask you guys, we want to continue our discussion from the previous segment. Uh, what I wanted to know was, uh, do you see a paradigm shift in terms of, uh, say, the uh, master's degree and the Ph.D. as opposed to, say, 10 years ago? Do you see it as still valuable and still vital in today's uh, digital digital uh, economy? Do you, see it, do you see it as still vital? Because I got my Ph.D. because I wanted to publish like, you know, Dr. My, Dr. Diop did, and I want to do some other things. Could I have done that? Without my PhD or without my uh, master's, uh, Dr. Chadwell, what do you think about that? Okay, I'm about to cross the line here. I think that for African Americans and maybe Hispanics, that having that doctoral degree versus the MBA or the master's gives them that extra edge needed to be competitive. Mm-hmm. I know that back when I got my master's, I have an MBA and an MA in human resources. Back when I got it, it had a different level of strength and credibility for what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But as I started com- getting out there and competing with the masses, it helped me stand out more and say, look at what I've done, that that doctorate is needed. Now, I'm not saying everybody can be a doctor. We already heard the statistics about two to three percent of the population has a doctorate. 
However, I think in certain locations that for minorities, especially African Americans, having that doctorate is, 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 has a little bit more strength. But again, it's not a guarantee, but it does give more strength to the, to the vetting process. Yes. Is this Dr. Moses? Hello? I'm here. Dr. Moses, thank you so much. We, we, we're looking to get you in the conversation. Uh, we're talking about is a, is the, uh, is the, uh, doctorate or the, uh, master's degree, does it still have value? And since you just came in, did you, uh, wrap up your comments, uh, Dr. Chadwell? Yeah, I wrapped it up. Okay. Uh, uh, you can just jump right in, please. Well, I, I honestly, I think, I think that the, uh, the doctoral degree is a valuable degree. Because uh, people who have doctoral degrees are involved in the production of knowledge. And I think we would all agree that um, mm-hmm. there are lots of knowledge gaps and information gaps and need uh-huh. for new understandings um, impacting our community and beyond that African Americans can play a, a vital role uh, in, in helping to, to close. And so I, th- I think it's a key degree. Um, a good a good doctoral person is, is a lifelong learner by definition, and Absolutely. it's one who is engaged in, 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 in trying to not only impact the intellectual uh, community, but also tries, tries to do their work to impact practice, the way in which things are done. Um, so there are lots of ways that doctoral students uh, can contribute. I'm a professor at a university, and but my university teaching work is only a small part of what I do. I'm engaged in research. I'm engaged in consulting. I work in many communities across many nations, uh, across many different constituencies, both within my discipline and outside of my discipline. So I think there's a lot of, of value uh, to pursuing a doctorate. And, and I just want to have a bit of a chip on my shoulder because you know, we live in America and we live in kind of a popular culture in which the heroes of our community, the heroes of our society are all too often, in my view, popular figures, dancers, singers, basketball players. Um, interesting. We don't have, uh, our intellectual heroes are, are usually people we look at in hindsight. And uh, we don't Absolutely. have modern intellectual heroes. And that's, that, that, that troubles me so much. Uh, I totally agree with you. Dr. Dib, you want to add to the, add something to this? Yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, uh, and I'm, I'm in education, so I always said I'm going to get the, the highest degree possible in my field. And since I'm an educator, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get a doctoral degree. So and when I got that, I'm, I'm make sure that if I'm leading a, a group of teachers, if I'm leading a group of principals, whomever, no one in that room is going to have more education than me. And that's just that's just me. That's, I guess that's the uh, I don't know the the competitor in me, because if if I walk into a room and let's say I'm a, I'm a school principal and I have teachers that have more education than me uh, than myself, then what does that say about me as an as an educator? Uh, like Dr. Moses said, I'm a lifelong educator, and I like to say that I am. So uh, with a doctoral degree, with writing the books and doing the research, uh, the research and the practical things that I do. I mean, the, the doctoral degree for me was just non-negotiable. I'm in education, and I'm going to have the, the highest degree in academia that I can possibly achieve. And that's not only the doctoral degree, but that certifications and things of that nature as well. Awesome, awesome. Interesting you know, observation. There, there are these pressing issues that we all have asked ourselves in our lifetime. Um, and and uh, people who, who have the ability to do research and to frame issues and to do rigorous research and, and, and use data 
and analyze data uh, to, to be able to, to address issues are very, very powerful, or at least they should be in our community. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, Absolutely. I'm, so I'm a very strong believer that that people who have doctorates, and it's not just something a degree you get and put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. When you get out there in the uh-huh. world, you know, in whatever discipline you're, you're engaged in, you look at the world and you try in some way to impact that world. And I think right. that's why uh, people do this stuff. And i got to tell you, a doctorate degree is not an easy degree to get. That's right. You know, but, <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, Absolutely. Goodness. <clears throat> Dr. Chadwell, do you have something to add to that? No, I, I think the, the fellows did a very good job explaining it. And, you know, and, and I have to kind of agree with something that Martine said, that, you know, I'm in education, and I want to be an educational leader. So to be an educational leader, you have to show the signs that you are that you are. Setting the, setting, the, setting the example, mm-hmm. I can definitely appreciate this, the statement that, that, the, that the praise for intellectual heroes is not there because we really don't praise the intellectual heroes right. like we should Absolutely. have. But Absolutely. I think that we still have to continue despite the popular, uh, what the populace wants, we still have to keep creating those role models mm-hmm. for education, even at the highest levels. Absolutely. I mean, I have to, I have to agree our, with our that. struggle continues, I and mean, it's not over. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though we have an African American president, we mm-hmm. still have issues in, in our communities, economic issues, social economic mm-hmm. issues. We have issues with crime. I live in Atlanta. Crime is, a, is an epidemic here. How do we address that? Economic justice is an issue. Uh, how do we create more equitable situations? How do we how do we address capital issues involving capital formation for African American? Uh, businesses and people who want to get into business. We've got a lot of, of grist for the intellectual mill. But I, but I'm, I do want to say this. We have to take this intellectual pursuit down out of the cloud and bring it and make it understandable so that people can understand how you can really impact and change lives, um, uh, with this kind of, with this kind of pursuit. So I, I think that's another thing. And it's not just to sit up in, a, in, in some ivory tower somewhere making pronouncements. It's to bring it down. And really work on real world problems, and really try to address problems in our community and outside of our community. Yeah, that's that's oh, that's, 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 exactly, that's what I'm thinking uh, as well, Doctor Miles. I mean, we get these degrees and all that, and, and we where you and I come from, Doctor Miles. We know the community that we grew up in is just like any other black community in, in America. But it, I think it's incumbent upon uh, you and I, as educators and as as educated men, to go back to our communities and, like Doctor Moses said. Can come off these so-called ivory towers and make this stuff relevant to these children that are coming up behind us, and that's that's one of my Absolutely. charges. That I'm that's what I'm trying to leave is my personal legend, if you would, to try to do those kinds of things. You know, one I of have a, go I, ahead. I'm one, sorry. Please go ahead. Go ahead, Doctor Shabo. No, one of the things I have noticed through my research and gifted education is that the if you look at I'm gonna say uh, medical research right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're focusing on some heavy hitters, breast cancer, cancer, Alzheimer's, et cetera, okay? But because you have a group, a cadre of researchers who have pushed the, and stakeholders who have pushed the need for this type of research. In the African-American community, unless I missed, some, missed a boat on this one, we still have issues with uh, sickle cell anemia, but I'm not hearing this, but I'm pretty certain that 
this is still an issue, but it's not an issue that's being talked about. And I don't know whether it's because of, A, we don't have that many African-Americans or other uh, groups who are uh, at risk of sickle cell uh, doing research or whether the community at large has closed their eyes saying, it's not going to happen to me. So there is the, the need for education is a communal-based issue as well as far as I'm concerned because as long as you have people in the community pushing a platform, there will always be a need for that type of educational need. But if there's not a push from the community for issues, then somewhere down the line we, we miss out. Interesting observations. Interesting observations. And to go beyond that, you know, there's so many things that we continue to ask ourselves and continue to, continue to be perplexed about. Good things and bad things. Not all bad things, good things. I read last week that African-American voter turnout in the last election exceeded that of white America. That's Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that intellectuals and people who are engaged in this and who, who can do research ought to look into. What were the factors that drove our folk, who were supposed to be apolitical, and such large numbers to the polls? And how can we recreate those factors for other people? You know, President Obama's political career ends in three and a half years. So who, you know, so we want to do things, I mean, I presume we have a political agenda that extends beyond that. So how, what do we do to get people revved up going forward about regional agendas and about local agendas? And, and, I mean, as well as national agendas. I mean, these things are the kind of things that people who have documents can study, can observe, and try to replicate in other places and, others, and for other people and other issues. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that uh, we don't have uh, people in uh, for advanced degrees uh, use that as a platform for uh, research? Or, you know, because it's also dollars in that, grants and research grants. Why do you think that is, Dr. Moses? Well, I think that, you know, and my colleagues offer their opinions, I think that you know, this is sometimes a solitary pursuit. It's not glamorous. I mean, when you're trying to do research, that means you got to read stuff. That means you got to spend some time in the vineyard digging up data and doing the analysis. This is not, you know, four quarters, you know, on, on, on ESPN on Friday night. Have you do the intellectual work? You got to have a fire in your belly. Uh, you got to be hard headed. And you also got to have a vision. You got to have something that you want to bring to the to the body of knowledge, to into into our our society and beyond. So uh, it, it's not necessarily for everybody, but I think that people it's more available. It's available to more people than I think that is generally uh, recognized. I think more people can do it. We have to, you know. And, and I got to tell you this also. I work in other countries. I work in Jamaica. And I work in Africa. Other people of color around the world. Are hungry for education. That's right. They eat it up. Absolutely. And they get here and they go. They get into our schools. They go to Howard's or my school card. They come in here and they eat it up because they understand the power and the value of education. We need to rediscover that passion for education and for knowledge. Knowledge will set you free, and it can right. set you free. And, you said something uh, we, very interesting. It's knowledge that sets you free, not the degree. Is that right? Yeah. And, I mean, it's not. You know, we're not. We're not creating. Um, um, you know, yeah, and, and you can make money. I mean, you know, academics do well, but it's not just about money. Mm-hmm. It's about creating new ideas that liberate yourself and other people. It's not just about money. You know, it's, you know money's part of it, but it's also about taking your people forward, addressing the issues, 
moving ourselves along. You know, other groups come into America, immigrant groups coming into America, and they're absolutely in other areas. And we need to work on how are we going how are we going to work together? People talk about we should be more unified. Well, what does that mean? Okay, what will unify us? Okay, how do we build you know a stronger community? How do we build a better sense of accountability? I'm from New York City. It's my hometown. I got about three or four friends who are politicians. Who I got two or three going in jail and two or three coming out of jail. And these people, they, they're great people. They come from the same communities as we come from, but at some point they lose their sense of identification. And All righty. Let me get in here. We're going to have to close. We're going to have to continue this on another show. Oh, I really appreciate you guys coming in and talking with me today. Uh I really appreciate you being here. Uh, we're going to have to close the show out, but I definitely want to do a follow-up show with the three of you, if that's okay. Yeah, that's okay with me. Absolutely. All righty. We had uh, on a uh, game on business talk, we had uh, Dr. Martin Diop, Dr. Sharon Chadwell, and we also had Dr. Charles Moses. And I want to thank my guests for uh, being part of the show today and definitely, definitely want to bring you back for a follow-up show. Great. Thank uh, you, Dr. Moses. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we got a quote for the week. If you know your enemy, but not, if you know yourself, but not the enemy, you will win 50% of the time. If you know the enemy, but not yourself, you will win 50% of the time. If you know yourself and the enemy, you will win 100% of the time. That's from Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then. 